Welcome everybody to the Safina Society, nothing but facts, live stream, where we are today on a day where, unfortunately, very sad news that the um, death toll continues to count in Turkey, and that's going to be the first thing that we mention, and the first thing that uh, our hearts are connected to is that uh, terrible situation, and that is now past 4,000 deaths. Uh, unfortunately, it's now past four. 4,000 deaths. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless or give rahmah to, to, to all those who are suffering. Uh, right? Are we on on Instagram too? Okay. Uh, may Allah ta'ala give them uh, rahmah. And, and some of the images, now we're not supposed to see these images uh, uh, without moving our hearts moving because it's... Um, I saw one image yesterday where... It looks like a husband and wife or a father and a daughter. I couldn't really tell because there's so much cement dust on their heads. But their heads were sticking out and he was literally holding her like this. And their heads were sticking out, covered in cement, uh, in dust. And that's how they died. He died holding, whether that hits his daughter or it was his, his wife. I don't know what it was. But um, it just... It, um, Images that you can't imagine. Now that in the age of cell phones where everyone's got images and ability to take any quick images, there was an image where people were driving and they literally saw about a seven-story building, maybe six, five or six, seven-story building, literally just collapse right in front of their own eyes. It's scary stuff and it's, it's stuff that is... It, when these things happen... It's almost like a little bit of yom al- uh, a sign of Al-Qiyamah. That's what it's going to feel like. When people are resurrected, there is the Ahwal Al-Qiyamah. People are resurrected and it's utter chaos. And that chaos, though, is all the sins of people. When we're resurrected, we're told this, and this is transmitted knowledge. We believe it based on Al-Khabr al-Sadiq. It's transmitted knowledge to us. Prophet ﷺ said that the Qiyamah has Ahwal, calamities, and those calamities what are they? They are the sins of the people, right? Coming in forms. And the Prophet said that, for example, a person will be thrown into, a, there will be a river of blood. Now, we may see it and not be affected by it, but it will nonetheless scare us. We live today with people and we don't see their sins. We just see flesh and bones. It's covered up. You, you come on Yom Al-Qiyamah and those sins are out there. And everyone's sins are there. They might not hit you, but you will see them, and you'll be scared, right? It will be scary. And that's, uh, and then the, the actual qiyamah, meaning the end of time, um, uh, that's, that's only happens to a select few, right, that are on the earth, and no believers will see that. The last day on earth is a massive earthquake, but that's only a few people will see that relative to humanity. Yom al-qiyamah is seen by everybody, right? Everyone will see, will experience this, and you'll be next to somebody, you will see their good and bad in manifest form. Good and bad of that person, but it will only be striking them. So you may see a wild beast chasing one individual, going through everyone else. That wild beast has no business with anyone else, with that person. And you're seeing that. So you're in a complete state of, 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 of fear seeing those sins. Well, that's what sins are. They're, they're extremely ugly things. There's lack of rahmah. Because 
Allah's command leads to rahmah and the opposite leads to the absence of rahmah there's not like an it's it's the polar opposite there's no neutral anymore you're either in sins or you're in or you're in ta so we ask Allah Ta'ala Afi and Salama from that. There is a type of desensitization is always a topic when people talk about this. Now, my, my take on this is as follows. The desensitization, desensitization that's bad for us is when we see calamities happening to people and our heart doesn't move. Or we see masiyah and our heart doesn't get affected. That's um, the one desensitization that's bad. There is a desensitization that I think is important, at least for guys whose job it is in life to protect their families. Should not, you should be desensitized and you should not be so sensitive to uh, that which relates to defending your family. So I remember I, I probably told this story a million times, but I was with a, a man from Connecticut. We were driving from New Haven up to Boston, Massachusetts, about two hour two hour trip, and I was like falling asleep. And I said to him, tell me stories. Talk to me about your past. This man became Muslim in the 60s or 70s and then um, cleaned up the community. And he was, you know, like a, a type of guy who was a gangster, essentially. And he turned into an upright leader of the community. So I asked him, like, how did you clean up the community? He went on talking about how his whole life was fighting, right? His whole life, he never lived in the law, never lived within the confines of the law. And he said, in order to survive in this world, that his world, you can't have any hesitation. Everything that you look at is a potential weapon. So he picked up his keys, right? He said, like, you see something like this, like this key here. And he said that you're in a fight with a guy. If you have any queasiness, if you have any hesitation at sticking this key inside of his eyeball and twisting it and then flicking it out, you're dead. Like, you cannot hesitate. I'm sitting there in the in the van, and I'm asking, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, hey, any of you guys awake, man? I feel like being alone with this conversation, right? And I'm driving down Highway 91, middle of the night, and he's telling me this story, but then again, I thought, well, that's important. Anything that requires a fight, a physical fight, and your job by Sharia is to defend your family. And in the, and the Sharia says, when there is a suspicion that you're going to be attacked, that's enough grounds to attack, okay? When you have a suspicion that someone is going, to, if the guy comes into, your, into your, your house, right, a thief. Now, the, new, the, the, the law in New Jersey says you can't kill somebody until they show, they show evidence that they're trying to kill you. Now, am I going to wait? So I don't have to, the, the law makes no sense. I think they made this law for the mafia, right? Because the mafia would just like, guy comes in, they kill him. And they say, oh, he broke in the house. They go break the door and they say, he broke in the house, so he killed him. I think they changed the law for that reason. But think about this. Am I going to sit there and wait until a guy shows evidence that he's going to harm me? So I don't have to kill the guy, but there can be debilitating harm to stopping him from harming us. And that stuff it's part of, to me, it's a part of the job of any husband, any father. That you get, you look, and if you're single and you want to defend yourself and you want to be, you know, peaceful and woke and all that stuff, okay, go get smacked around and killed yourself. But you are responsible now for a husband, uh, for, for wife and kids. There has to be a sense that you're not, there's no hesitation. Now, when are we ever going to do that? 
rarely, but at least we can prepare by seeing it. So I, I actually believe that it's pretty good. It's good to, 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 for a man to be desensitized. All the past, they fought wars all the time. Qurtubi says he can't be the Khalifa if he's queasy. Because he has to establish hudud. And he has to go to war. If he's going to be queasy about these things, he's not suitable to protect his family. So this is not about like uh, being tough and, and watching like uh, uh, gruesome movies. It's practical to me. I believe it's practical. If you are nervous about inflicting harm on somebody, you cannot protect. You, can, you can't be a protector. Some people, excruciating pain must be delivered to them. Anyone who's trying to harm you, okay, harm your family, how are you going to respond back? And I, get, I bet you, like a lot of people, they have never inflicted any harm on anybody because they lived such a peaceful life. And what did all the philosophers say? And common sense tells us, good times, they create soft men. A man, he's never been in a fight. He's never had to inflict pain upon somebody. It's a problem. That's a little aside there on the issue of uh, desensitization. Desensitization is not for everything or everyone. There are certain things you should be desensitized to. I know it's probably like uh, not a uh, popular take amongst the women, but it doesn't have to be because you're not the protectors. You, you can be uh, sensitive to, to that, but a guy who is the protector, and that's our sharia, whether people like it or not. Your husband, we have roles. It may not be like the old American 1950s role where the woman is always in the apron, right? And, and making, you know, cookies for the husband and bringing him his slippers. That's what they think gender roles, right? That's what they imagine gender roles. That's what they think. No, we don't really have it like that. The gender role for us is a man, he has to do everything that's, that's, that's violent and dangerous. And the women don't do the things that require some more compassion. The man supplies the wealth. Right? The woman doesn't have to supply any money. These basic things. That is what uh, uh, our gender role is. And you're going to tell me a woman is going to be attracted to a man who can talk about you know, love and all that stuff until uh, some other dude comes and smacks him around? What's the value of all that poetry and all that love and all that romance? Look at all... Look at all you want to know what true nature... Is one of the best reflectors of nature is 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 economics. Go and find me one of these romance novels. Do you? I don't know if you remember this stuff. Do you remember when romance novels were a thing, and women would read these romance novels, right? And there was a section we'd all like make fun of it. A section of romance novels, okay? Like Nancy Roberts, I think her name was. She was the author that made millions off of this. All right, let's go and look at all the guys on the romance novels because that's what women are paying for. They're paying for it because they love it, right? You see a, a skinny poet, right? A, 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 you ever see one of them on the cover? Or is it some guy who can protect, right? With big hands and he's tough. That's who's on the covers. That's what women are paying for. So Fitra... The fitra of people is women would want a guy who, that protects her. What's wrong with that? Okay. So I really don't care uh, about what the, the woke culture tells us today. Actually, I want to know what they say because the truth is probably the opposite. And they're always portraying a guy who is effeminate, who's weak, all right, who gets made fun of, who gets he's unable to ever harm a fly. Okay. And that's like, that guy is, to, to borrow some from modern talk, 
he's always in the friend circle. And that friend circle never passes a certain other limit, right? So uh, that's a little take on sensitization and desensitization. What is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu exactly? Turn your mic on and tell us. Like BJJ is basically just it's a martial art with like chokeholds and you know taking people to the ground. Wrestling style. It's, it's more like than hitting. Wrestling, but yeah, it's not hitting. No. I understand. But we should have something like this in the masjid. Yeah. You know. Like we should. A monthly program for kids. I I actually believe that gym class in schools cancel. Put so martial what? arts class. Yeah. What's this? What is the point? And all this stuff. Waste of time. Absolute waste of time. No life skill. So we're going to spend one month playing basketball, one month running the mile, one month playing volleyball, one month playing floor hockey. Waste of time. I was at this basketball game yeah. you know, with my dad, and basically I was looking at it, Yeah. and they got both bands on both sides of the court, and they go back and forth playing. I'm like, they're just pretending to be at war. This is That's like a what fake, it is. It's like a fake, fluffy, colorful war. Sports okay. is our replacement for war. Sports is the replacement for war, right? Uh, and that's why that's why people love to be on tribes. They f- they're faking it because we're too rich. We have no actual real wars here, um, so we're too safe. So, but we have to, as human beings, we need to uh, to fake it because we love it. Guys love it, right? Only thing that's not nice about war is some of the results, right? And you realize afterwards why the Prophet said never uh, seek to meet the enemy, right? You think that it's all great when you go into it, but how are you going to feel when you come out without a nose, without an eye, uh, without an arm, right? So not it's, it's worse than you, we imagine it is. Uh, who, is, who, is uh, who is Diego Guadalupe? Oh, he can provide classes. Well, where does he live? Co- communicate with Ryan, and if we want to set it up, we should set it up. Katavik? We, we've, we've wanted we've wanted to be a, a mastery program well, I'll be the first one yeah and and personally I want to uh, I think gym classes should be in, uh, eliminated and have martial arts classes but at problem, least the wrestling part not the uh, anything that would cause black and blues and, and the problem with like Walid and I would go to a judo class and yeah. we would go up like drive an hour but this guy was just like you know making sujud to pictures of the founder of judo and like we were like, I think you remember this. We were asking about it. We were like, we told him we don't want to bow. Yeah. He's like I've had Muslims here and they don't ever say none of this, and and all. That. So we just stopped going because it was like it's a waste of time. You know all these karate schools? They're treated like tarikas. They have chains. They got the 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 karate master up there, right? And and they and they it's like a tariqa, all these things. But I'm totally all for um, a militaristic streak for all of us. Right, and I'm telling you, you want to know, and no offense to you, um, get out of California. They produce what he said. No offense, to be honest with you. Uh, Sheikh Rami's an exception. Rami's an exception. Uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Hamid Adi, he's not really from there. He's from, he's from Philly. There are exceptions, I'm sure. But that vibe out there, these the techie boys and stuff, and they're, I mean... El Yamama says Sheikh Abdullah Adoru came. Didn't you meet him last week, right? Yeah, I met him before. Okay. He came to our message. He spoke about masculinity and modesty. He mentioned that all kids should learn combat skills. Yeah. It's it's up here first. It all starts up here, right? It starts up here. You can be the least, the least uh, physically capable, 
But if you up here understand the requirement and you put the put it where it belongs, it's not just a raw instinct, ah, let's go and, 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 and be tough guys and MMA. That stuff is actually haram, right? So, But it, you have it up here, why am, am I doing this? You'll be successful, right? And even if you don't, if you lack all the physical capabilities and qualities, you can pick them up in different ways. Who can't be a fighter, it could be a sniper, right? In, in another life, I wouldn't mind have been an assassin, right? An, an assassin. I've told, uh, huh? Yeah, I've been an assassin. Listen, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I want to do the thing in a suit. I'd be a pirate. Nah, You'd be, be a pirate? I'd be the opposite. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd be down to be an assassin. Uh, I'm in the app. You give me the assignment. I don't want to see anybody. Give me the assignment. When the assignment is done, I take a picture for you, or you'll see it in the media. I want that 75 grand in my bank account. I don't have to work for another month. I take another assignment next month, right? Solo, I'm at peace. I go to a five-star hotel, drill a hole in the window, do the, sh- the shot, right? <laughs> take the shot, pack up in a suit, I don't want to get blood on me, right? That's how, that's, how, that's how I would operate. All right, here we go. Tafsir. Qawluhu Azza wa Jal. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim. Ya ayyuha alladhina amanu. Qu anfusakum. Qu anfusakum. Qala ata ibn Abbas. An ibn, an ibn Abbas. Protect yourself and your families from the fire. Far more important, you want to protect them, and we all believe, okay, uh, that we have to protect our family from of this life. We know that, and we haven't really been tested, okay? We haven't been tested. But um, we also... The job of a, of a husband, a job of a man, the job of a father is to protect them from fitna shaitan, from shubuhat, from shahawat, from entering the house. You don't want, you wouldn't accept for a stranger to enter the house, right? No father would. Would you accept for a thousand strangers to enter your, your kid's room? And isn't that what your kid's doing on the laptop in his room at one in the morning? You would not accept for one stranger to enter the house, would you? But why are you accepting for a thousand guys and girls to enter your kid's bedroom with them? And it's as if they're there. The only thing that, and don't say, but they're not physically being harmed. Yes, they are. Pornography is a physical harm. That is a physical harm. It's spiritual harm. It's a physical harm. Everything else. Would you allow... A stranger to come in and say, let me entertain your kids all night while you're asleep in the house alone. But I won't touch them. That's all I'll do. I just won't touch them. It's ridiculous. This, that's your job. That's, to me, that is a harder job these days, living the, in a, the Western life, than physical harm. Physical harm, it, it, it rarely happens. We'll probably live our whole life, never once did we ever have to actually lift a finger to protect our family, right? Chances are. Chances are. But every single day, we're being attacked by Iblis. Every single day, your kids or people are coming to attack you. And the amount, of, the amount of imagery, the amount of sights right now that, are, that can come through, it's past 
how many how many websites are there out there in the world? Uh, millions upon millions. The, no, the majority of the web is that is it's safada. It's, yeah. it's lewdness, and it's it's it just goes to show that human nature never changes. We create this amazing technology. What do we use it for? The bare instinct, the base instinct of humanity, right? That if humanity has to rise above that. Okay, we have an amazing accomplishment here. What are we going to do? The same old thing as, as we've always been doing, right? So spiritual power in this day and age is greater of a need than physical power, right? It's a greater need, no doubt about it. It means here, muruhum bil khair, command the good, forbid the wrong in your own homes. Wa'allimuhum, wa'addibuhum. Okay? Teach them. Guide them. You will there be, thereby be protecting yourself from the fire and protecting them from the fire. You think that um, everyone's got different skills. Some people will advance in physical. I feel bad for the guys who are advanced in the physical realm today. Because there's there's no room, for, there's nothing for you to do, to be quite honest with you, right? There is literally nothing. Okay, so you got all the guns, and you, you're you a 10-time black belt in jujitsu, and you're living in a cul-de-sac. There's nothing ever going to happen, right? <laughs> Spiritual power is far more important in this day and age. Now, if you tell me that you're living in Syria, you want me to check the email, right? Okay. Uh, if you're living in Syria... If you're living in Iraq and ISIS is roaming around, yeah, then you need a garage, you need a closet full of guns, and you need to be a, a gang, right? You need to have, a, by the way, it doesn't even work like this. Okay, so seven guys come at you. A roving gang of seven comes to you during some crazy power outage and they need supplies. And you have a wall of guns. You can only shoot with one finger, right? And they got seven fingers, right? You need a gang. And we don't have that in the, in the uh, suburban life, right? Everyone lives like five minutes away from everyone else. It doesn't work like this. So I would say, okay, spiritual power is far more important these days because chances are you will need your spiritual power. You will need to fight these things. Every single day. You fight yourself. Every single day. Whereas physical labor, physical fighting, physical stuff, it, it's, it's, it, if it comes, 90% of the people won't be ready. But also 95% of the chance it's not going to come in our lifetime. I would say 5% chance we're going to need it. And I do believe we should be planning. We should be planning. I want to buy a farm. And under that farm... Um, have a massive basement like a, a a bunker essentially and that bunker should be loaded with supplies it should be loaded with everything I really believe that that day may come 5% chance maybe 2% chance it may come but I know for sure 100% chance and it has already come the spiritual fight that's already here so that's far more important than the physical fight okay Okay. 
it it's the fuel of the fire is is human beings and rocks okay that's the fuel of the fire upon it are angels okay these angels are managing the fire and they're called as zabaniya we are talking about surah at-tahrim allah describing the fire and he's saying protect your family from the fire they do not disobey Allah, what He commanded Him with them, and they do what He was there told. And some have said about them they're blind, they're deaf, they don't have noses, they don't have ears, and they don't have eyes. Because if they did, they would have no ability, it would be so gruesome what they're doing. That the natural rahmah that Allah creates in everybody. They they wouldn't uh, be able to do it, so Allah has created them. Allah Adam, this is some said blind, deaf, and and they have no sense of smell either, because the smell of the skin burning off, the smell, uh, the the sight, the sound of the screams of grown men in the fire and women in the fire. Ya ayyuhaladina kafaru la ta'atadhiru liyom. Some of them say, this is the saying of the angels and Allah knows best. Or it is simply a command of a saying of Allah. Oh, you who disbelieved. You had your whole life to fix yourself. You had your whole life to do this. And what did you do? You chose to live that life on kufr. Right? And... What happens in this life is a microcosm of what you would have done for eternity. That is our belief. What you do in this life, in terms of your aqidah, it reflects what you would have done if you had lived eternally. Some people, they only get 30 years of life. But that 30 years, minus the first 10 years of life, he's a child. Take off another three years, maybe he didn't reach Bulugh yet. So 15 years, that 15 years... Your position regarding God and His Messenger and belief and hypocrisy and all that is a microcosm of what you would have done for eternity. If you were to live not 15 years, but 15,000 years, same result. That's, that is what we believe about life. So don't say that, oh, I'm only getting 15 years, but I'm living in eternity. No, that 15 years, whatever you live, you're given 80 years, 70 years, that's what you would have done eternally. Okay? And that's why the reward of it or the punishment of it is eternal. I saw it up, uh, he says here, So, what does that mean? It means... A life-altering tawbah, it also means a tawbah by which you advise other people. Nasuha mean nasiha is involved in this. Okay? Alright. And Qurtubi uh, says, يَجْمَعُهَا أَرْبَعَةَ أَشْيَاءَ There are four things reg- needed for this tawbah. Al-istighfar with the tongue. Stop doing it with your your body. Stop doing the sin. Okay? وَالْإِدْمَارِ Internally, you make the intention to not do it again. And you regret it. That is the sign of the real tawbah. 
And the ulama said, the Prophet said, in the Nadama, the ulama explained that by saying that if you possess regret, that's the essence of Tawbah. Like you regret doing this. If you fall into some sins, and everyone's going to fall into sins, you just simply you simply say, Oh Allah, I have no excuses. I'm making no excuses. I'm 100% responsible for this. You've been extremely generous to me, and I fell short of being a, right, a thankful and a righteous abd, and I asked for a second chance. I make istighfar. This is exact. This is how to do tawbah. Once you bur- take the burden on yourself, I'm the one who did wrong. No excuses. Habib Omar says, when you say that, then Allah says, no, my abd, it was this, it was that. He, my abd, Allah says, oh, it was, it, maybe it was because of some friend. Maybe it was because of you were tired. The moment you say the opposite, though, say, no, no, I couldn't help myself. I, it, it's not me. It's, it's so-and-so made me do it. So-and-so made me. It. Then Allah says, no, you have your own free will. So Habib Omar tells us how we approach our sins, then Allah will approach it the opposite. When you try to make, the, put the blame on someone else like Iblis, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you had your own free will. Don't blame anybody else. But when you put it on yourself, then Allah comes to you with the rahmah. And he says, oh, it's okay. It was muqaddar. Allah, uh, it was written for you to do this. This was not something that happened. Uh, that was qadr for you. So we have to take it on ourselves. No excuses. And that's why I believe the righteous and pious Muslim who understands tawbah will do well in life. Because tawbah is taking on responsibility. I'm responsible for this. So if I'm if I'm taking on this big issue of a moral matter, then when it comes time for like bills or for my job or from other responsibilities, it'd be easy to take it on. Hey, I screwed up. There's no there's no if ands or buts. I screwed up. Right? Asa here means for sure it will be. That Allah Ta'ala will remove all of your sins if you have a tawbah nasuha, a sincere, life-altering tawbah. La ya'udu ila dhamb. A tawbah to nasuh, okay, is that you, you insist not to go back to it. Okay. قال الحسن هي أن يكون العبد نادما على ما مضى مجمعا على ألا يعود. You have, you regret having fallen into it. With your heart, you regret. With your tongue, you seek forgiveness. And with your body, you don't do it again. That's Tawbah. And that is how we're going to live our lives. Okay. Doing this until we die, uh, and uh, unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us in the maqam al-hifd. We should ask Allah to put us in maqam al-hifd, which is a maqam in which we don't fall into these sins anymore. If someone still has regret after they do tawbah or they are worried about losing barakah in the future, what can you do? You do the tawbah and you say, oh Allah, I don't want to lose the barakah. I don't want to lose the support. That is the tawbah. The fear of losing the support is the fear of Allah's, uh, of the punishment connected to sins. I'm going to battle in life. I need your support. I can't afford to have my sins ruin it for me. You make tawbah. The one who makes tawbah from his sins is as if he has no sins. Okay. Uh, follow the bad deed with a good deed, it'll wipe it away. Treat people well. That is the best deed you could do to wipe away your sins. Okay. Treating people well. 
يدخلكم جنات تجري من تحت من تحتها الانهار he will enter you into gardens up under which rivers will flow unfortunately my debate uh, interlocutor coming next week uh, this is a metaphor for him he's not going to enjoy it inshallah we can enjoy it but for him he'll just have a metaphoric garden oh you can you go enjoy that metaphoric garden we'll actually go to the real garden so your hoda later metaphoric too right everything's metaphoric to you so what's the point okay that's another religion on that day allah will never let down the prophet anybody whom the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam makes shafa'a for will be given the shafa'a that's the meaning of yawm la yukhzillahu an-nabi until everyone in his ummah is out of the fire harisun alaykum the prophet is described as haris he is watching guard and he's covetous to make sure none of you are suffering okay yawm la yukhzillahu an-nabi wal ladina amanu ma'ahu and allah ta'ala will not this is the sign that the believers also have shafa'a. La yukhzillahu nabi ay fi shafa'atihi. Walladhina amanu ma'ahu. And the other believers with him will also have their shafa'a. Okay? They will have shafa'a. Meaning that, for example, we know the Quran, memorize the Quran, you have shafa'a for his family. Memorize uh, uh, shaheed, Allah will assign him. You, you can have shafa'a for 70 people. So and so, you can have shafa'a with many other people. Uh, different you can make shafa'a and pull out your friends your community members all those things this is an honor for the for the for the followers of the prophet that it's not just the prophet is he is the main shafi'a the intercessor but to get honored for ourselves allah honors us by letting the regular believer go make shafa'a for his family right so that his family could thank him. Now, why doesn't Allah just forgive them? Because they had done terrible things. And for Allah to directly forgive them is a high level. That's a high maqam. And they didn't earn that. So Allah will allow someone else to go and pull them out of the fire. On top of that, it may be that also Allah holds them, loves them. For sure he loves them if he's allowing someone to remove them from the fire. But Allah also wants to give an honor to their relative. So that they will always be in gratitude for eternity to that relative. You, Allah brought you to pull us out of the fire. Couldn't Allah have created you by yourself? He didn't, but he, he, he could have. But he created you through a mother and a father. That is Allah's way of honoring that mother and father. Okay? Because now this, young, this little creature will honor you forever. Even in Jannah, you will have to honor your mother and father. They're not just like a regular guy. It's still your mother and your father. There's a way for Allah to honor. Someone said, how does Allah honor people? Well, he makes them go grow old. And eventually more people every year are younger than you. Until it reaches a point where you're one of the oldest people in the community, everyone honors you. When you walk in, everyone tries to help you out. And that's the sign of a good community. If you want to see a sign of a, uh, the health, the spiritual health of a community, the Islam of a community, let's just watch when an old person walks in. Are people, are the youth going to hold the door, taking their bags, bringing them a chair. That's a sign that the deen is transmitting from generation to generation. Like one of the, the things that to me is one of the most important things, we, haven't, we have some elders that work in the masjid. 
and most of the tulab ilm are young. Yet when the elders are working, they get up, they leave, I don't care what it is, one or two of the shabab will get up and they'll help out this elder man. Even though that's his job, that's deen. This is the sign of health in the deen. They get, they'll get up and they'll never see an old person doing something. Okay? Uh, physically taxing, except they get up and help them. Never see an old person come. The cognizance to see an old person has walked in the room, they don't have a comfortable chair. Get them a chair. That's a sign. And it's also a sign that Allah has honored those shabab because them doing that means someone will do it for them when they grow older. If you, if you want to be honored when you grow older, honor the elders. Simple. If you want to see people who are worth nothing in the sight of Allah, look for people who don't honor their elders, which is the entire Western society. It's throw their parents in a nursing home. There was a man who uh, had to go to a nursing home one time. Not a nursing home, but like one of those hospice, not hospice, that's when you die. They Like a, a care center. He had a stroke. So after the stroke, couldn't go straight home. Had to go to like some care center. He had roommates. The roommate, one roommate was a cop who got shot on duty and he was paralyzed. It was an old man. He said he hasn't seen a relative for 27 years. Nobody's visited him for 27 years. And his, his the, the, of course, the, the state or the city, they pay for that because he, he got paralyzed on the job. So they pay for it. He hasn't had a visitor for 27 years. Now, what did the, the, when he found, when the Muslim family found out, what did they do? They started visiting him. SubhanAllah. How could we see? And he, he became uncle so-and-so. It was like whatever his name was. Uncle, right? Uh, this is why the poverty, I said yesterday, the poverty of the Muslim world is not the same as the poverty of the non-believing world. The poverty of the non-believing world, it's poverty and there's no like real generosity in the hearts of people. But you go to the Islamic world, there's poverty, but you still f- have this feeling that you're so cl- closely connected to everybody. Right? There is a light that these believers have on the day of judgment that is a result of their tawbah. The tawbah produces a nur. And that comes when they need it most. When do Muslims need the nur most? When they cross a sirat. We cross a sirat that is a very fine bridge over the hellfire and you need a light. It's dark. It's all darkness and you have a fire underneath you. Okay. Oh Allah, now complete our light. Why? Because our, we weren't complete. We may have had some good deeds. We have a light by that. But we had bad deeds so we had a deficiency in our light. So they call out on the day of judgment. Complete our light now. Like we have light, we can see we're crossing the sirat, but it's not enough nur. We need more nur. Forgive us our sins. Because it's the sins that is blocking the nur. And the nur in this life is to know right from wrong. That's the, and to be able to follow the right and avoid the wrong. That is the nur of this life. What's the nur of the next life? It's physical nur that allows you to cross the bridge. Everything of this life that's hidden, that's, that is um, spiritual in its nature, in the akhirah is physical in its nature. There's no right and wrong in Yom Al-Qiyamah. There's heaven and hell. The light will guide you across, away from hell, towards heaven. Physical light. 
So he has forgiveness. Now Allah Ta'ala turns and tells the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya ayyuhal Nabi, O Messenger, O Prophet Jahidil kuffara wal munafiqeen waghlud alayhim wa ma'wahum jahannam wa nasir Let me say this. This ayah is extremely important and puts the limit. Where, who, with whom are we allowed to be harsh? Hypocrites and enemies of faith. Hypocrites here has two meanings. The first meaning are the scholars of sectarian groups who know the qat'i verses and purposely go against them. They consider that nifaq. Okay? And Malik said it is forbidden to fraternize with them. An imam who was upon a bid'ah mufassiqa, he contradicts clearly in his theology, in his belief system, an explicit verse or hadith, he is muqtada. And that is a bid'ah that removes you outside. Uh, someone's asking what verse we're on. We're on Surah Al-Tahrim, verse 10. Okay. That puts them outside of Ahlul Sunnah. Their good deeds don't count. Their good deeds are not accepted. That's what a bid'ah is. Jahid al kuffar wal munafiqin So we are commanded to be harsh. What does harshness mean? No smile. No nice soft words. You don't see a person who is offending God and his prophet by rejecting their something in Islam, in the Quran, in the Sahih uh, Sunnah. Uh, how are you? What's happening? Let's have interfaith. Let's just be friends. Let's unity of the Ummah. That's not in its place. It's forbidden. Because now you confuse everybody on what the truth is. Okay. Who else is the Munafiqeen? Munafiqeen is also political traitors. Like in Ertarol season one, what's the uncle called? Cardolo. That's a political traitor. He is, he has no, he's a, he has no business in the deen. It's not the munafiq of the sects. He is the munafiq of, he is a traitor. He's selling out his ummah to the enemies. Who is not mentioned, which not, which munafiq does, does not refer to? The munafiq who fails He's a munafiq of deeds. He fails to live up to his preaching. How many fathers tell their kids, be good, be upright, don't do this, don't do that, and he does it. That's the hypocrisy of actions that comes out of weakness. Okay? Right, could you prepare a video? Because I'm going to take a breather in a second. Okay? That is the, muna- the, the hypocrisy of, of weakness. Secondly, Al-Kuffar, which kafir are we supposed to be enemies? Or are we supposed to fight and show harshness to them? The, kuf, the kuffar who are, the kuffar here who are openly trying to fight you, trying to offend you, okay? They're trying to hurt you. That's the kafir. They're trying to harm your deen. And it's mentioned, it's going to be mentioned in, in this juz. They're trying to remove you from your homes. They're trying to uh, remove you, remove your religion from you. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick commercial breather, and we will come. Oh, it's not a commercial, but it's a short break, and we'll be back with your Q and A. All right. Hold on.
الحمد لله العلي العظيم المنان الكريم ذي الفضل العظيم لا إله إلا هو وحده لا شريك له رب السماوات والأرض ورب العرش العظيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا المجتبى المصطفى محمد الرؤوف الرحيم ذو الخلق العظيم البشير النذير والسراج المنير خاتم الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وعلى جميع أنبائك ورسلك وآلهم وأصحابهم وتابعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فإنه ليس شيء على الإطلاق أحق بمحبة هذا الإنسان وأولى أن يحبه من الرحمن الرحيم الذي خلقه وأوجده من العدم وأسبغ عليه النعم وإن المحبة نتيجة المعرفة فما فعلى قدر ما يعرف من جلال الله وعظمته ومن جماله وكماله ومن إحسانه ومنته ونعمته تكون محبته لهذا الإله جل جلاله ولن يكمل إيمان مؤمن حتى يكون الله ورسوله أحب إليه مما سواهما وهو القائل جل جلاله لنبيه محمد لنبيه محمد ليخاطبنا قل إن كان آباؤكم وأبناؤكم وإخوانكم وأزواجكم معشرتكم وأموال اقترفتموها وتجارة تخشون كسادها ومساكن ترضونها أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله وجهاد في سبيله فتربصوا عتيت الله بأمره والله لا يهدي القوم الفاسقين مشيرا إلى فسقي من أحب شيئا من هذه الأشياء أكثر من محبته لله خالقه وخالقها ومجده ومجدها ثم محبة ما أحب الله منه أن يحب وأول من أحب منا أن نحب من خلقه عبده الحبيب المصطفى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا قال أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله وجهاد في سبيله وشؤون هذه المحبة لا يمكن التعبير عنها ولا حصرها فإن الإنسان في محبته لغير الإله مما هو دونه له في ذلك أطوار وله في ذلك باع طويل وله في ذلك توله وتولع وعجائب تاتي من أخذ جميع عواطفه ومشاعره وأحاسيسه وفكره فكيف إذا أحب الأعظم فكيف إذا أحب الأكرم فكيف إذا أحب الأجل فكيف إذا أحب الأجمل um, uh, And that brings us to an end of this section of uh, Surah Al-Tahreem After this he's going to give you examples But uh, the examples are related He's going to give you the example of the wife of Nuh And the wife of Lut What is the relation here? Because the ayah says Guard yourselves and your families from the fire. Here you have the wives of a prophet. They were married to a prophet and messenger, and it still didn't benefit them. The kufr still got to their heart. Nobody's immune. 
The kids of imams are not immune. The wives of shiuch, shiuch themselves are not immune. Okay, nobody's immune. And let me tell you this: this ayah right here is the source of all community building. Guard yourselves and your families of the fire. Because very quickly you're going to realize, I want to guard my family and my friends, uh, my, fam- my, my spouse and my kids. But your spouse and your kids, your kids need friends. Your spouse needs support. Don't we all need friends? We all need a community. So if I want to guard myself and my family, the best way is to be part of a community and to strengthen that community. Because the community will then strengthen you. The ummah is like a building. You're not a lone brick. You and your family cannot just be at home by themselves. You have to be part of an, a group. And that's the impetus of why every young mom and young dad goes to the masjid and says, let me contribute. Because I'm really here to benefit myself. But you cannot benefit yourself. You can't live as a silo by alone. You need to be part of a group. So your concern for yourself and your family is what's going to drive a person to say, all right, I need to be part of a group. We have to be part of a group. And I think that is the best best way for people to um, make a decision of where to live is not necessarily like where to work, but it's more like what community are we going to be part of? Then we'll find work there or remotely. That's the idea. All right, let's open it up. It's 2.15. Let's open it up and we'll start with Dino. He says, is it true that a prayer with a turban is worth 70 prayers? I didn't see that hadith. I know that it's the hadith is, As-salatu bisiwak khayrun min sab'ina salatin bi siwak. Okay. I wonder whether fasting every day was better than fasting every other day. Of course, in good deeds, yes, but it's practically speaking, no. Uh, that's called the Wisa Siyam al Dahr, which is permitted as long as you don't fast Eid. But it's the ideal is to fast uh, three days a month because that's the first advice the Prophet gave. And it was Uthman ibn Mal'un who asked the Prophet about fasting. Or was it Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salud? This is in the Sirah. One of the only times where you have a father is named after his son. And many people get confused. Abdullah ibn Ubay is the hypocrite. He named his son Abdullah. So he's Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Ubay. Okay. That son of the hypocrite was, was such a good believer. He said to the Prophet, I want to fast. The Prophet said, fast three days a month. He said more. He said Monday and Thursday. He said more. He said every other day, but no more than that. So he fasted every other day. Okay. Uh, Ibn Fatih says, maybe it's Abdullah Ibn Amr al It could be, yes. But then he said, later in life, he said, I wish I had listened to the Prophet because I'm an old man now and fasting every other day is very hard for me. So it goes to show that the Sahaba wanted the deed that they could keep forever. So fasting three days a month. So let's say you fasted every Monday and at least three out of the four or five Mondays. Every every month you're going to have four or five Mondays in a month. Okay? So that gives you one or two off. So every week you fast one day. And you get one week off. It's a great deal. It's easy to do. 
Is it haram to work for a defense contract company? It depends on the army and the nature of the uh, of of that country and what kind of wars they're in. I believe that that's that would be the correct answer. If you know for sure they're going to go for oppressive wars or they're already in oppressive wars, then we would be contributors to that. If it's a an, a, a company that just makes weapons that anybody could buy, then that's permitted. Just, they make weapons, that's it. Mask says, if one is not a sharp student and asks a lot of questions to a scholar, how to feel regret and ask forgiveness to him. It's your job to ask students. Okay? Uh, to ask questions. You have to ask questions. And the sheikh should not be upset about that. Well, uh, sheikh, they, they should love the inquisitive student. But... You can make it reasonable. And you, you want to know when, when to ask forgiveness? When you ask the question in the wrong time. Don't ask the question when the sheikh is leaving the masjid going into his car. I'm telling you from the adab of students, students should know better. Because you're always with the sheikh. The regular people, fine. They, they hardly come. They barely get to see the sheikh. They think the sheikh doesn't live a normal life. And he's there for them to, for, you know, to be stopped at any time. Okay, that's fine for the regular people. Students of knowledge should should only uh, ask questions when the time is right. Maryam al-Asqalani or al-Qasimi is halal for women to show her hair in another al-Shari'a. There is no such thing as another al-Shari'a in marriage. The Sharia look, no. The Sharia, <laughs> yeah. the Sharia glance. It does not exist in Islam. That oh, where he's he's going to marry her. He's proposing. We're getting close. So she removes her hijab for him. It's a bid'ah. It is haram. It is no no basis in Islam at all. Okay. Huh? Mike, why don't you go and spend the night together? Right at that point. Layla Sharia. Oh my gosh! What I'll tell you what another Sharia is. If there ever was one, first it's not a thing, but if there ever was one, is just looking at her as she is with her hijab on. That is what you're allowed. If you want to marry someone, you're allowed to look at her face. That's it. Okay? And not all the time. Just to see that this is, yes, I want to marry this person. If you are married but have unknowingly fallen in love with someone else, but you don't act on it, you're not sinful, but you are torturing yourself. So recite a lot of Qur'an and do a lot of dhikr so Allah removes that from your heart. Okay. So, so that's the meaning of, of that concept, that another sharia, that concept that, you, that the, you may look at the person that you're about to marry enough to know that, uh, yes, I am interested in that person. That's it. There's no such thing other than that. Go up, Ryan, in, in Instagram, what's that question there? The one that's a bit longer, yeah, keep going. Uh, Musa Franco how do we understand the hadith about hitting the face but when one is sparring with gloves and helmet you hit the head in an effort to learn how to bob and weave no it would be haram for us to do that to be quite honest with you the martial arts that involve hitting people's heads um, would be haram to do that unless it is a tap Right, and you're wearing gloves and helmets, and it will not hurt someone. But the human head is not made for hitting. The human head is extremely uh, 
fragile. The neck does not have the support. The brain does not have that support. So that stuff we should. Can you explain the meaning of dhambika in Surah Al-Fatih? And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is, he does not um, even thought about committing sins. So what does that mean? It means the sin that you are concerned with, which is your ummah's sins. Or it means the things that you did when they were halal, then Allah made them haram. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam felt that he had a decrease. And that was the sin for the Prophet at that time. For in their minds, it was con- it was as if it was a sin. So that's the meaning of that. Or it is a we have to say it is a Sunni position. Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah do hold that prophets may have committed small, minor, little, tiny, minor sins that would be wiped away immediately. And Allah knows best. But the best of the opinions is that it is the sin of your ummah. The sin that you are seeking forgiveness for is the sin of your ummah. Or it is simply the, that matter which was not forbidden at the time and the Prophet did it, then it became forbidden and the Prophet felt bad for having done it. Or it was a decision of a good thing that the Prophet decided, or a Prophet decided to do when there was a better option and that Allah pointed him to a better option and they viewed that as to be a sin. Will you be punished for the knowledge you learned but did not implement because you could not retain it? No, inshallah you will not be. But it's a weakness. Is having low self-esteem a good thing in Islam? No, it's not. And Sayyidina Omar said, walk with your back straight. Sayyidina Adi said, never speak of your flaws. This type of thing, low self-esteem is not humility. Not humility. Uh, remember, humility requires something to be humble about. Right? If you have no achievements, you're not humble. You're meek. Okay? You're meek. That, oh, look at that old man. You know, he achieved nothing in his life. He smacked around his whole life. Look how humble. It's not humility. That's meekness. Humble is the multimillionaire who is having a conversation with that meek man. And you can't tell who's richer than who. That's humility. Humility is the extremely powerful man who's having a conversation and sitting at the same level and talking the same talk with a regular person. At such to the point that you'd never know he's powerful. That's humility. You need something to be humble about. So we, you, the, the, the meek and the poor, they do not have the reward of humility. They have the tribulation of poverty, of weakness. May Allah protect us from that. Is it true that some scholars will follow and endorse the Dajjal? Yes, it is. Is sleeping on the floor sunnah? Does it have to be hard floor or mattress on the floor? Well, the Prophet ﷺ never spoke of a specific reward on that but if we want to emulate the prophet in everything he did we will have the love of the prophet and it is something that is in general uh, rewardable by the love of Allah there's not like specific hasanat you get for sleeping on the floor in the sense that there are specific hasanat you get when you give charity for example but if you do it out of love for the prophet then the prophet will love those who love him so that's the reward that you'll get but the Prophet did not sleep straight on the floor. He slept on a uh, fiber mattress, a mattress that was leather stuffed with fibers. So it softened it a little bit. Okay. How do you combat hopelessness and reinstate belief in Allah's help and mercy? It's by reciting the Quran and contemplating the promises that Allah gives. Not only that, He commands us to trust Him. We are commanded to trust Him. We are forbidden 
from having hopelessness. So um, the repetition of those verses in our minds and hopelessness truly only comes because of the darkness of sins. So remove sins. Recite Quran is the best way to remove your sins. Make a lot of uh, dhikr and dua and sadaqah that will remove the sins and the hopelessness will go with it. So he says, I have a friend who wants to learn and read and recite Quran properly. Do you have recommendations for Quran teachers who, with, for people with speech impediments? So he's in North Jersey, so I would go to Clifton um, Masjid uh, ICPC2 and talk to Sheikh Osama if you're in Patterson. Abdul Hadi says, How to best remind or advise a mahram woman? In my family regarding salah, being a guy, I don't want to make it awkward if they can't pray. What you do is you call the adhan loudly. You call the iqama loudly and you call, you say out, out loud, it is time for salah. Everyone come to the salah. So it's in general for everybody. And um, and that way you don't put anybody on the spot. Okay. So you're in Ohio. Hajib, I always thought he was in. Okay, you're in Ohio. Then you have, who's in Ohio? Ahmed Deeb. And Sheikh Ismail Bowers. So look up Ahmad Deeb and Ismail Bowers and their organization, which is called what? It's like called like some, they have an organization. The Traveler says, I believe you remember my name from yesterday's stream. Please look up the recent earthquake. And yes, we talked about that. And may Allah Ta'ala help you all and, and give you sabr and inspire more nations to come out and pour money into Turkey because they need it. They need a lot of help. 4,000 people right now. Lucy says, can I eat lobster as a Hanafi? No, you cannot. I was told to eat it with family, but crave it now. How do I slaughter it? If you want to um, eat lobster and you're dying to eat lobster, you have to ask yourself, are you like a student of knowledge committed to the Hanafi school, or are we just general Muslims? If you're just a general Muslim, and you're not following a madhab, you're just doing whatever goes, fine. You, in all the other madhabs beside the Hanafi school, you can eat lobster. It does not have to, any way to be slaughtered. If you find it dead, you can eat it. Okay. However the non-believers or Muslims kill it and cook it, you can eat it. It does not need what's called, it's the, the cat is not necessary for it. However you eat it, you can find it dead, you can eat it. Sometimes they hit it on the head. Sometimes they boil it. Okay, they boil it alive. And if you hear the lobster like crying, it's not the lobster. It's the air coming out of the shells. Okay, some people say the lobster's crying. No, it's not crying at all. The lobster does not have vocal cords. Okay, they don't even have a nervous system. They have no feelings. You're watching cartoons. Okay, no lobsters talk. Little Mermaid maybe. But... It's the air coming out of the, the steam coming out of the shells, the, the little edges between the shells. That's what's making the noise. Uh, if you feel gross about boiling it alive, which I would probably feel gross. I mean, it, it, it is crawling. I don't know if it's crawling because it's in a confined space or it feels some heat. But we did, I did read that they're, they have no nervous system. They don't feel pain. Okay. I don't know if that's true. We could look it up. Right? Anybody could look that up. But if you want to cut that, you hit it on the head. Boom! That's what kills a lobster. Okay? And you can eat it. What is a bid'ah mufassiqa, says Tracy? 
Bid'ah mufas- bid'a is in three categories. Mukaffira, mufassiqa, and khafifa. And is based upon the text that's being rejected. If the text is explicit and widespread, it's bid'ah mufassiqa, mukaffira. You're out of Islam. Such as someone believes that there's another prophet. Someone believes that you don't have to pray. Someone believes that alcohol is halal. No. Bid'ah mufassiqa renders an in person to be an innovator, and that's if they reject an explicit verse that is not widespread. So what do we say about them? They are Muslims, yes, but they haven't completed their Islam properly, so their good deeds do not count until they fix their beliefs. They're in limbo. And then you have Bid'ah Khafifa, which is an interpretive text that has ijma' upon it, upon its meaning. Ijma' only exists on upon interpretive texts. Okay? Consensus has been established by the companions or the next generation or the next generation on the meaning of an interpretive text. Now, if a person goes against that, then we say about them, they're Muslims. They're upon Ahlul Sunnah. Their good deeds count for them. We can do anything with them and befriend them and everything else. But on this issue, they're innovators. They're wrong on this issue. Okay? That's it. That's the three levels of innovation. Are all earthquakes a punishment? No, not at all. Earthquakes is a natural thing of life, and how you react to it will indicate whether it's a punishment or it's um, forgiveness of, of purification of sins or if it's an elevation of your rank. If you react with more iman and submission and you'd become better, near, nearer to Allah, as a result of the bad thing happening, it's an elevation of your rank. If it's something that you're just bearing and you're neither deviating nor getting better, okay, then it's uh, purification of your sins. If you now start saying, why does this happen? Where is God? Okay, that's punishment for you. What do you mean, where is God? He never told you to build on a tectonic plate. What do you mean, where is God? He never. It could have been 10 times worse, first of all. Number two, did, he, did God come down and tell you build on a tectonic plate? Go and build on a fault line? That's what they're called, right? Ammar, fault lines? Did he say go build on a fault line or you went and built? Earthquakes are, it's almost like the earth cracking its knuckles, right? When we go and build a house, do you know how many species we kill? How many animals we kill to build a house? When you go and hose down your driveway, Nobody bothers, right? Only when the human being dies, the one who's sick in his heart, where is God? Where is God? What do you mean, where is God? Where are you? When you've killed hundreds of millions to make a cup, how many, to make a piece of paper, to release fumes in the air, how many hundreds of millions of animals has modern man almost rendered extinct and killed? What's happening, man? Shorten your throat there. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's good. It looks great, man. Have you got all sorts of new thobes when you went to Morocco and went to uh, Mecca and everything? He's set for the Ramadan. How many animals have we killed? Then when we get killed, because the earth moved, what, the earth can't move? You move all the time. As a human being, you move. You run over stuff all the time. You run over animals. You run over insects and don't even bat an eye. Does this qiyas make sense or not? 
So now you're coming because your species got killed and you're crying? Yeah, cry. But don't go and say, oh, where's God and where's the mercy? What does God have to do with this? Go ahead, read it for us. Someone was asking about Qadha for Fajr. Qadha for Fajr as soon as, you, as soon as you wake up. The moment you wake up. Yeah. The, don't delay it. Don't delay it. Hakumazi yeah. says, how do we increase our yaqeen? Contemplate the Quran and contemplate the stories of the prophets. Contemplation is how you increase yaqeen. The saying Jannah is metaphor can tell kufr. Doesn't it just entail kufring? It tells a question of your sanity. That you read a book that is so crystal clear. Uh, the internal logic of the Quran is very clear, right? ABCDFG says I stopped following the silver threshold for zakah and started following gold. Do I need to feel something or following another opinion like switching computer to laptop? Both are good, but I prefer the laptop. That's not how we operate. You're, it's not for you to prefer and to choose the rulings. It's for you to prefer and choose the imam, the methodology. That's what your job to prefer. And then follow what he says. You see how Allah allows you to use your brain, yet... He puts you in a situation where you can have submission. We, uh, non-mujtahids, our ijtihad is studying the imams. Pick an imam, pick a madhab, use your brain. Just because you're a common Muslim doesn't mean you have a brain, right? I don't know anything about surgery, but I can use my brain and pick the best surgeon, right? Reviews, his record, what people said. Imams, go study the madhabs. Pick the madhab, then you submit after that. Because your iman grows by submission. And you're right now maybe in the halal, but you're not in submission. You're not going to grow like this. You're not going to grow. All right, I'm, I don't want to eat lobster. I want to be Hanafi. Okay, but I want to eat lobster. Oh, but I, I want to be Maliki. But I want to play travelers and I want to wipe on uh, waterproof socks. Stop playing games. You are playing games right now. Just because you're in the valid and the halal does not mean you're not playing games. You, you use your brain to choose the methodology. Then you follow that through for the rest of your life. You go into your family and you say, Wife, kids, see this book? Shafi Fiqh. This is our law right here. This is how we live our lives. Okay? You go, Hanafi, Quduri. How big is Quduri? Is that, isn't that the book? Okay? There's Quduri is one of the books. There's... Hidayah is one of the books. This book, this is our life. Oh, but Islam is vast. Okay. Yes. This is the book we're following, right? We're not picking and choosing and playing games, right? Safwan Raqib, Ahlul Marhamah. SH says, a hadith says, nothing separates the one who recites ayat al-kursi after salah from jannah except death. How do we stay motivated to do any more than this? Am I misunderstanding? No, you're not misunderstanding, but you will need more to do this because life will bring about depressions. 
That's the nature of Hayat al-Dunya. So dhikr is not just to enter Jannah. Dhikr is also to heal your heart. Okay. It's to heal your heart. The hunter says, I heard saying that there are eight sunnah mu'akkada in salah. Yes, that's true in the Madiki fiqh. I learned there are six plus two khafifa. Uh, I, don't, that, I, don't, I don't go by that. It's yes, they do say that, but sometimes they say that. The reason they say that is this. You're correct. And I guess it's not a hard explanation. The takbirat and semi Allahu liman hamida, they are sunnahs, and you are forgiven if you miss, forget saying the takbirat once or twice. The moment you stop saying, you didn't say it three times, then you miss sunnah makkadah. Here's why I have an issue with that. The only thing reason is that is that who's counting? You forgot to say takbir. Your mind's somewhere else. Do you think you're going to know how many times you forgot to say takbir? So it's practically speaking, yeah, theoretically it makes sense, right? But practically speaking, it's hard to keep track of this. What is a tariqah? It's a madhab. It's like a school of thought led by a sheikh on how we just strengthen our heart and our ibadah and fight against our egos. Right, read me, you can read me something about... Um, uh, from Instagram if you get a chance because I, I, I mine is frozen for some reason uh, can you talk about if there are different styles of motivation Allah uses in the Quran outside of rewards and punishment it's reward and punishment uh, it's the reward and punishment that are very that are various right rewards of the dunya rewards of the akhirah punishments of the dunya punishments of the akhirah right um those are the ways Allah motivates people. But it's always something that I like and something I don't like. And sometimes all of the, the, the arifina billah, they know that the punishment of Allah is not just over there in, in, in the akhirah. It's here. There is punishment here in this life. Every sin is attached with it a certain punishment. And you can see that punishment sometimes. And sometimes it's far delayed. Such as what? going against your parents is usually delayed that punishment doesn't come right away that punishment comes when you have kids and they no longer respect you that is your punishment okay so that's for example or for example let's say the sins of the eye they go directly to the heart okay they they affect you right away so different sins they come back at you in a different way that's also it's a form of fear. We fear the, that punishment and those sin, those uh, reactions. Okay, uh, Khala White says, "What books for the four imams? You can go to Abu Zahra's book on the four imams, Muhammad Abu Zahra, or Jibril Haddad, G.F. Haddad. Two books on the four imams, and there's probably more, and there's probably YouTube video playlists that you could watch. Okay, on the four imams." And their madhahib. You know, our live stream, it's, it's meant to, to put, to, to direct people towards the, the fundamentals of Ahlul Sunnah. And this is one of the fundamentals of Ahlul Sunnah. How we live our lives regarding rulings and fiqh. And when you choose a ruling, you don't just blindly submit. Study the evidences. But know that you have already made your decision. You've already made your decision. Now submit to that school of thought until it's impossible. If it's impossible, then you can find another makhraj. Okay. If you like this live stream, be a supporter at patreon.com slash Safina Society. And sign up for ArcView, 
where today is my day in which I'll be teaching Maliki Fiqh at 7.15 p.m. Okay, arcview.org. What are the major benefits of Salah on the Messenger وسلم, in Hayat al-Dunya? The first benefit is the removal of your, your, your concerns, your anxieties and your fears. Prophet said this. And that is the first rung. And you will attain that as soon as you are described as someone who consistently does Salah on the Prophet much. Much meaning 300 minimum. Right? That's what the ulama say. What is Kathir? 300. Why do women have a hard time grasping the idea of Hurul'in? Because they're human beings and they don't like to share their husbands. And that is fitrah. And even in the time of the Salaf, the second wife is called the Darra, which means the harm. <coughs> Alhamdulillah, excuse me. And Sayyidah Aisha is the greatest of the wives and the most beloved wife of the Prophet ﷺ after Sayyidah Khadija. And she was extremely jealous to the point that she would knock over food, she would plot against the other women, and the Prophet and the Qur'an never become angry with her for this. The, yes, when, when, when was the, uh, did Allah reveal verses about the wives of the Prophet? When they asked for the dunya. When they asked for the dunya. But when the Prophet, when Sayyidah Aisha and Sayyidah Hafsa plotted against the, uh, Sayyidah Zainab, and said all oh, the honey smells bad and don't eat it. And why did they do that? For they wanted the Prophet. So Allah forgave that. There was never blamed. They were never blamed for that. Except you know, the, uh, that Allah revealed it's a scheme. And I don't want my Prophet not eating honey. Because then it will be a sunnah for his ummah. Right? His ummah would think that that's something we shouldn't eat honey. Or something like that. So for tashriya purposes. And that he protects his Prophet. Even you know when if this is some... Uh, something that his uh, his wives did. But they loved the Prophet. It was out of love of the Prophet. Therefore, it's forgiven for them. They were forgiven for that. They were, it was overlooked. The Prophet even laughed one time when she knocked a plate of food over when a, one of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ brought food on her day. She said, this is my day. The Prophet, I'm the host on this hostess on this day who was bringing food, knocked it over. Oops. What did the Prophet, in front of people too, what did the Prophet do? He laughed. He said, your mother got jealous. That's out of love of the Prophet. So that was accepted. Okay. The wives of the Prophet, uh, women, they, they, they don't want to share their husband, right? And that, so they don't like the concept of Hurulain. It's okay. That will be removed from their hearts in the Day of Judgment. Afterwards, it will be removed from their hearts. Do women have hurul'in of men? No, I never heard that they do. I never heard that they do. No husband would accept that. But Allahu alam, maybe something that we can't imagine. That's why Allah said there are things you don't imagine. But I don't imagine that it's going to be like that. Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawziyah mentions 41 benefits of Salah on the Prophet in his book, Jalalul Afham. Beautiful, we should read them. Is, the, is Dajjal going to be born? Yes, he, he, well, he's like a shapeshifter. He takes different shapes at different times because we know that he, we are told he's born. 
Yet at the same time, we were told he was alive in on the in the island. So it seems to be that there is a theory out there. It's like another, yeah, another. They're pondering the, the the evidences and trying to make it work, and understand the evidence. And they the the conclusion. And Ibrahim Osiyefa talks about that. He's almost like a like a shapeshift, like almost like a type of person who takes over bodies. And Allah knows best. Everything about Dajjal is very odd. He's unique in the evil sense. He's the dark side. Say, Naisa is unique. How do you ever have a human being who goes up to the heavens and comes back down and has no father? Amazing things would say Naisa. He's the unique force of Allah on the light side. Dajjal is on the darkness. He's like the vacuum of hypocrisy and, and, and kufr. He sucks it all to himself. How do we know if we are in the saved sects of the 73 in the Hadith? And that means um, that is the saved sect is the largest sect and they are the people of the Hadith and they are the four madhabs. Ahl sunnah in general. They're the largest group. Okay, because the Prophet described them as being the largest group. They're the jama'ah. Okay, the jama'ah. Is it blameworthy to memorize books of fiqh without... Being the age of Hizr Quran, no. Memorizing books of fiqh is just a, me- a method of studying that book and retaining it in your mind because you need to know those rulings. So uh, you need at least the modicum of hifth w- that you can pray with on a regular basis. How do you know if you've failed a trial, you've given up, and you have accepted it for yourself? If there's a trial, how do I know that I've failed? I've given up toba. Let's say the trial is a temptation. I've given up and I accept it for myself. Or I know I, I start going away from Allah and away from Iman because of this trial. Does alcohol leave in does alcohol on skincare products make them impermissible to use? No, it would that that's one of the ones we can use the Hanafi opinion on that, that it's not najis. That type of alcohol is not najis. And the Medicis have a fatwa on that too. Should we love life and hate death? No, you should love life and you should love to meet Allah. You should want to live, as Sayyidina Omar said, and Malik quotes him in, in Ibn, Qayyim, uh, Ibn Abi Zaid's book on the Sunnah. He quotes Malik saying that Omar loved life. He did not want to die. He, he wants to live in this life. And Sayyidina Omar used to say, we sow our eternity in this life. We sow our hasanat in this life, right? So he wants to live, but you also want to meet, you love to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you sleep at night, imagine yourself, this is it, last night, and I'm going to meet Allah tonight. It's a great feeling. It removes all your anxieties. It removes all of your humum and your concerns. Uh, and that's what, what is the meaning of dhikr al-mawt. Okay? That is dhikr al-mawt. It is the concept that I'm going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All right. Um, should we forgive everyone? Is vengeance halal in some cases? It's like this. It's not vengeance. It's justice. It's halal. Forgiveness, many people confuse removing, um, removing bitterness from your heart with forgiveness. You cannot forgive somebody unless you first have the opportunity to exact justice from them, okay? You can plan in your heart that if that opportunity comes, I'm going to forgive him. But that's not forgiveness. 
what most people are talking about is removing the anger from my heart. So someone oppresses you and moves on in life. It's, I'm sure it's happened to all of us. Okay? I'm sure it's happening to all of us. Uh, forgiveness can only happen if justice can be exacted from that person. Then while the you know, uh, proverbial boot is on his neck, his throat, then you can say, okay, I forgive him. So long as that hasn't happened, you cannot forgive him. But what you can do is remove anger from my heart. And that's what you could do. And justice is not vengeance. No. Is the Maliki Madhab largely based on Sayyidina Omar? Yes. And Sayyidina Aisha and Sayyidina Abu Hurairah. What about the other madhabs? Abu Hanifa is from Sayyidina Ali, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud. Mostly. Most of all. And Shafi'i and Shafi'i is made distinct by accepting the solitary hadiths. He accepts the Ahad hadith as law. And Ahmed ibn Hanbal is unique by accepting anything that has a, a narration to it as diff, all sunnah. Okay. And that uh, that he prefer a weak hadith over qiyas. These are some of the basic things you'll... And read, read uh, from the books and go into deeper uh, detail uh, in those books. I repent from sins, but my problem still doesn't go away. That's okay. Keep, keep fighting. You don't stop fighting. You don't stop fighting. And don't put your sins in the f- forefront of your mind. Put some reward at the forefront of your mind. That's the problem many people have. They wake up in the morning and say, don't commit this sin. So what grows in your mind? The sins, right? You wake up in the morning and say, go for this reward. Go for the reward. You have to lure yourself. You have to create carrots. Put them in front of you. Go for this reward. How am I going to go for this reward? By obeying Allah today. That's what you need to put in. If you wake up in the morning and you start saying, I don't drink again. You are going down the bad path. You're now mentally going down. Okay, you you lure yourself, and you change your focus to something good. Right? What is a lagu? Lagu is waste of time, essentially. What's the urinal question? Yes, it's permissible if there is. It's let some of these toilets on a highway or something. There's all sorts of diseases on there, right? And it's disgusting and najasa. You may urinate standing up, but you should take a pull and spring bottle with you, a loda, and you should clean the najasa off of you. You make sure that if you splash najasa on you, you clean it off. Better probably go in the, go in the woods. Way better. Yeah, go in the woods. If you can sit down and you could take off you know, your clothes and sit down. Lahu uh, is, no, chit-chatting, nice spelling there. Is it's okay if there's a function to it, playing games. Okay, maybe sometimes it's a halal. It's, it's okay to take a breather sometimes. So sometimes that batir is not always haram, but excessiveness of it is. Is it permissible to take a percentage from donations like some influencers do, without disclosing it to their fans? Uh, yes, it is permitted for them because sadaqa and zakah, the. Um, the the distributor it suits you by the way you need to fold it here let me fold it for you this is east african 
Yeah. Um, the, the distributor of sadaqah and zakat does have a right to it. And that right should be what is acceptable. The right that if it was publicized, there should be no harm. So if, if someone's sending me zakat, for example, or sadaqah, and I physically, like I can't go to the person without getting gas. I don't have to pay for that. I, you can use the zakah to, to, in the process of transmitting it to that person. That's what me, the meaning of وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا Right? Okay. And so, but what is the number? It should be the number that is agreed upon by common sense and people who, uh, that if you were to release it to the public, you would feel fine. Look at Habib, the East African Ahlul Bayt. That's how it is. Okay. If you fear a prior sin, punishment manifesting, how do you stop it? Make tawbah. Make tawbah. Sincere tawbah. That punishment that's coming, that, that result of that sin will become something good for you. Even if it's, uh, the outward is bad, but the end result is good, Allah will transform it, but you have to have tawbah. Make the tawbah. By the way, some of these influencers, they are just, they live off of these charities. They fake. They're, they live off of them. Every little thing that happens, let's raise money. And he's living off of that. That's not, and he, a, 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 an acceptable amount is fine. To run the website, to get gas, to get food, fine. And he tips on staying consistent in waking up for Fajr. Have, your practice in the day should be good and you should sleep early. Your ibadah in the daytime should be good and you should sleep early. I was once asked what would happen if the devil repented, but I didn't have any answer. There's no point in answering questions that are absurd like this because Allah has already told us he is cursed forever. It's mustahil sharan. By sharia, it's impossible. By reason, there's no contradiction. It's possible, rationally. But by sharia, Allah has told us it will not happen. Okay? And that is the case for everything that Allah said about his creation. As for Allah's attributes, okay, they are they they do, they do not fall into this categorization that it's possible, rationally possible, but by Sharia not possible, okay? Because Allah's the, the, this concept that is rationally possible, but by God's will and command is impossible. That is rel- that is restricted to the creation, the Creator Himself. Okay, there are no possibilities with Him. We don't say, for example, is it possible that Allah was be stingy? It's not possible. He is Al Karim. If he's going to be generous to a person, not not his attribute, but his action, to be generous to a person, that's his will. To be generous to one person and not to the other, that's his will. Uh, Dino says some people are taking 40% of the charity. That's, that's uh, to me, uh, sinful, to be honest with you. Sanat says, what is trials and hardships are getting worse? Does that mean Allah has forgiven us? It means more sins are being purified or sins are, the, the, the result of those sins are coming back, okay, are coming to you, and that's okay. Um, and you just uh, fight through it, remain close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is it that when we start practicing, we start seeing the benefits very quickly, but after we become more consistent, we don't notice it as much? I don't want to be ungrateful. And the answer comes from Abu al-Hassan al-Shadili. Abu al-Hassan al-Shadili, he complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, oh Allah, 
uh, I feel that I don't want to. I don't want to say it incorrectly, right? I don't want to say it incorrectly. But he was basically told afterwards. He's like, "You, Abul Hassan, are like a perfume, so, uh, uh, a p- perfume in the presence of the perfume store." When you go to the perfume store, in the beginning, you smell it. It's amazing. But after a while, you stop smelling it, right? It just becomes normal. Okay. And that's, that's, that's the likeness of somebody who comes into this world of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the beginning, you see the complete transformation of everything. But after some, some time, you don't. But that doesn't mean it's not there. It just means you got used to it. Okay. And that's why dawah, I think, is very good. Because when you do dawah, you see the other li- lives of people and you, you, you're, you it reminds you of how much nama that you have what's more important istighfar or salawat do a, start with some salaw- some istighfar and then to do more salawats Should you move to a city for a potential spouse if only one person is willing to compromise? I think if it's the woman, yes, but if it's the man, I don't think so. Uh, they always end up in resentment when they move to, for the sake of their wife and they're surrounded by their wife's things and you're like a lackey. No, you, she is supposed to be dependent upon you, not you depend on her. Is it halal? Yes, it's halal. But from observation, they end up being full of resentment. They end up being unhappy. Right. They feel like them some kind of lackey. When you're supposed to be the leader, not the follower. But it is halal. Right? And it may happen. People may do it. And it may work out. A friend told me he was wary of becoming too pious because the trials become harder. No, those trials are elevations for you. Right? And yes, the trial may become... All right, let me ask you this. Who pays more taxes? Who pays more taxes? You or Jeff Bezos? Would you rather your economic situation be yours or Jeff Bezos's? Right? Yes, he pays more taxes, but he enjoys more blessings too, more more money too. So yes, the awliya, they have harder trials, but they have far more benefits that the, the ratio is not even close. 360 days of amazement, five days of tests. And, and the impious, one good day and two days of tests. And everything else is a blah day. So... Um, 100 salawats Ibrahimiyya or 1,000? Of course, 1,000 is better. But it's, that's a long durud, so you can shorten it if you need. Do we have to tell the person that the money we give them is zakah? No, you don't have to tell them it's zakah. As you just give them the cash and they, have, and they take it. It's not permitted to give them zakah in another form, though. You have to give it as it's due. You owe zakah on gold, silver, or cash, you have to give it in cash. You can't say, here, let, take a ShopRite card. What if he wants to buy something else with the money? You give it in cash. Sadaqah, you can give however you want. Is it permissible to play board games that involve dice? It's haram in the Maliki school. Or makru, maybe they say. Is the Maliki madhab ahl al-ra'i or ahl al-hadith? It's ahl al-hadith. No, when they say ahl al-ra'i, within ahl al-hadith, what they mean by that Ra'i being the ability to bring two seemingly opposite hadiths and make sense of them. Explain why they are not contradictory. That's the Ra'i within Ahl Hadith. And that was Rabi'atul Ra'i 
who was Malik's teacher. He taught him usul. I feel lost and can't sink anything in to remember what I learned. Please, can you help me what to do? Yes. I think it's impossible not to remember things based on the Mortanian method, which is to take a short passage, five ayahs or something, and repeat it 300 times. How could you forget something you repeat it 300 times? Now, if they still don't remember, they do it another 300 times. 600 times? You got to remember it after that. Okay. Seventy-five times and on one line, and then repeat it again without looking seventy-five times, and then that's how they like. It was you literally cannot forget it yeah. if you repeat it seventy-five times. Then you read it from make a tesmia seventy-five times. It's impossible. I had a kid; he had a hard time memorizing anything. Oh, I can't memorize! Can't memorize! I said, "Stop saying this." Everyone can memorize. When you see a big accomplishment. Every accomplishment is uh, composed of simple things. So you want to memorize this surah? First, we break it up into parts. After we break it up into parts, next step, read that part from the book 50 times, 100 times, whatever. Let's say 100 times. Now, recite it to me 100 times. Now, repeat that for all the other parts. It's not that hard. Every skyscraper is nothing other than, no. it's no different than doing this. Right? I just put a phone on a box. That's all it is, except bigger and more times. Literally, a skyscraper is that, right? It's, it's, if you can build a shed, you've theoretically, all you have to do now is scale it, right? And so major things, seemingly massive accomplishments are composed of simple accomplishments repeated over and over and over. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for being part of this uh, uh, live stream. Jazakumullah khairan, everyone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله Oh, baby.